When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now here is the latest weather news. Here are a few late football results, and here are some amazingly obscene photographs. <laughs> well, that's all from me. The uh, next program will start in half an hour. In the meantime, here are a few tips for motorists. Preparing your car for long journeys. First of all, go to your garage and check whether you have a garage. <laughs> if you have, then look inside and see if you have a car. But be careful, a car has four wheels. If it's only got two, then it's not a car, it's a motorbike. Only look closely, because it might quite easily be a disused cannon. <laughs> or two wheelbarrows, or a car badly in need of repair. <laughs> if it is a car, then follow these useful hints. First, check whether your wheels are secure. If they are not, then they will tend to fly off at high speeds, <laughs> causing you considerable discomfort. Secondly, check your engine. If it is there, then your problems really begin. Because if it isn't, then it's far less likely to go wrong. Thirdly, your big end. This is liable to go at any moment. If this is a relief to some of you, then you are obviously thinking about a different sort of big end. <laughs> check your lights, brakes, and tyres. These can go horribly wrong and ruin your entire holiday. Happy motoring. That was an official announcement made on behalf of British Railways. Yes, once again, the Dave leader of the band strikes up the catchy melody... Catchy melody... of the Angus Prune tune, which brings barging into your homes Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, David Hatch, Joe Kendall and Bill Oddie. And here is the Welsh rabbit of them all, John Toasted Cheese, to tell you... Oh, no! It's I'm sorry I'll read that again! Again! Tittlemouse. Oh, yes. And I'm Tabitha Tittlemouse. Pleased to meet you, madam. Pleased to meet you, madam. <laughs> of course, Mrs. Tittlemouse, those aren't our real names. Dear me, 
We use them so that if the moles hear us talking, they'll say, oh, that's just brought the badger and Peter Rabbit talking, and they'll go on tap dancing or giggling or eating tube trains. Eating <laughs> tube trains? Why do they eat tube trains? Because they're hungry, Gorflami, oh, do it. Don't be stupid. Be stupid. Be stupid. Be stupid, all right. Look, look. What do you do with a mole when you catch them? We beat them to death with a piece of cloth. <laughs> Why a piece of cloth? Well, we don't want to hurt them, do we? No way. No. Don't want to hurt them. Yes, that's what we do, Mrs. Tittlemouse. No. Listen, listen, it's four o'clock in the morning, I'm tired, I want to go to bed, and my name's not Mrs. Tittlemouse. I see. Oh, I see. I thought as much. Thought as much. What do you mean? Mm, we know why you're posing under a false identity. Identity? Why? Because you're a mole. You're a mole! You're a nasty, evil little mole, aren't nasty you? Nasty little mole! I'm not a mole! <laughs> <laughs> Look, I am not a mole! Now go ahead and shut up! Oh, I'm going back to bed. We fooled him all right. We fooled him all right. He really thought we were digging for moles. <laughs> well, what do we do now? Let's go and giggle up his water pipes. I fancy a nice tube train myself. <laughs> Sorry, I'll weed that again. <laughs> yes, it's time for all of us to go out into the garden. And what's this delicately scented little fellow turning his face to the sun? Evening. It's our host, Percy Thrower. Oh, he's lovely. My goodness, isn't it grand in the garden? It's grand anywhere. All around us, all, all around us, the blossoms are bursting into flowers. These flimsy little things are, of course, daisies. Give me those back. Oh, wasn't it grand in the garden, yeah? <laughs> anyway, of course, now is the time we should be thinking about petunias. Petunias. <laughs> so now we've thought about them, let's meet this week's first guest. That's Mr. Arthur Guest, who is at this moment puttering about in his window box. Good, good evening. I've had many hours of homeless fun just listening to my window box. Listening? Yeah, yeah, like to this. <laughs> What's that? A cauliflower. Oh, I thought it was a dog rose. No. no wait and a I've, minute. No, no. no. And I've got, I've got a lovely pansy. Mm. <laughs> and, 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 and spring onions. <laughs> and one, one, one runner bean. Come back! Oh, dear. Now I shall have to organise a hunt to go and round them all up. Ah, a beanstalk. No, 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 no. I use a gun. Ah, a bean shoot. You're right. Well, I suppose that's the lot. No, I've got lots more. I was afraid you had. Yeah. This, this is my pride and joy, me hyacinth. Oh, yes. Now, Arthur, I've often wondered, how did that get its name? <laughs> I've wondered that. I'm glad you wondered that. Uh, yeah. It's because every morning when I get up, I take a look at it and think, ha, 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 it's hyacinth yesterday. Oh, <laughs> Thank you, Arthur. And <laughs> now... And now, one word, jellyfish. And now, whatever you plant, lay the seeds out neatly and they'll be fine. Though I know a lot of you have been having trouble with cats, but just plant them in six inches of compost and they should come up lovely. <laughs> and now... I'm going to tell you how to scare off the birds and stop them digging up the seeds. The simplest method is the basic oral alarm like this. Boo! <laughs> this 
does not, however, always meet with due respect. <laughs> Boo! Some people try to deal with birds by putting out newspapers in the hope that they'll be too busy reading to dig up seeds. <laughs> Personally, I favour a more subtle approach. I put out a life-size plastic statue of St Francis of Assisi and all the little birds come down and sit on his arms, all the little wrens and sparrows and robins. And fluffy little titmice. Yes, yeah. and they all line up happily, twittering on his saintly arms. And so all the little birds are safely gathered together on the statue. Yes, ah. and then it explodes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. That'll stare them. Yeah, well, finally, last word about our creeper. Remember four weeks ago to show how a good creeper will twist itself round anything. I started this one on my ankle. Last week it was up to my shoulders, and tonight, as you can see, it's right on the hook. Madam, can I help you? Yes, I'd like to buy a toy, please. Well, this is a toy shop, madam. You'd hardly come in here if you wanted a pound of potatoes, would you? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, pity, because i got some nice King Edwards in at the moment. How <laughs> oh, about a lovely cauliflower? Well, I really wanted something for my young nephew. Mm, sorry, madam, we don't do part exchange. I mean, I want to buy him a toy. Ah, ah, well, then you're in luck, madam, because I've got one. Here, what do you think of this? Oh, yes. It looks a bit like a dead mouse. It does indeed, madam. It does indeed. You've hit the nail right on the head. It does indeed look like a perfectly ordinary dead mouse. But it is, in fact, an electric train set. An electric train set? Yes, madam. Yes, madam. All you have to do is place it in the middle of the floor, lock the door, turn out the light and shout, Goodness, what fun I'm having with my electric train set. Hooray for my electric train set. My word, this is a fine electric train set. Yes. Well, uh... Have you anything else? Certainly, madam. Certainly, madam. How about this? You mean this onion? <laughs> yes, yes, I agree, madam. It does look incredibly like a common or garden, run-of-the-mill, everyday household onion. It is, in fact, an electric train set. <laughs> it's a little more expensive than the other model, but you'll get a lot more fun out of it. Better value, isn't oh, it? Oh, yes, madam. All you do is put it on the floor, lock the door, turn out the light and shout, By gum! I'm certainly having a lot more fun with my new electric train set than I had with that rotten old dead mouse. Well, I think I'd rather see something else, if I may. By all means, madam. How about this? Wham, bang. The extremely surprising exploding sausage. But this is just an ordinary sausage. It couldn't explode. Mm, I know, madam. But if it did, you must admit it would be extremely surprising. Well, I think perhaps I'll look... No, 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 wait a minute, madam. Uh, is, the, is the little fellow interested in uh, model aeroplanes, trains, cars, that sort of thing? Well, he is. Ah, 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 well, that's lucky. Because I have here an authentic, full-scale replica of a wooden plank. Hmm. The little chap would have endless hours of fun with this. He could take it into the street, lead it up against a passing fat lady, and then run up it and pour hot tapioca pudding uh, in her ears. Yeah. Or he could uh, saw it in half and run up two very short fat ladies. Or he could run up one short fat lady twice. Or no, he could, thank uh, you. No, no, no. Hang, hang on, hang on, madam. How, how about this uh, hunt the thimble set, consisting of a thimble and a 17-bedroom house near Lowestoft to hide it in? No. No, no. Uh, well, uh, how about this junior handyman tadpole mending kit? Uh, or this reinforced concrete goal step. No, I'm sorry. I came in here to buy a toy, and all you've done is show me a load of old rubbish. If you're the proprietor of this shop, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Ah, ah, ah. But I'm not the proprietor, madam. I am, in fact, an electric train set. Oh, 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 oh,
different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Chef, no good, are bouncing off him. Perhaps you scared him. Is he still going? All right, then. We're going down. You mean torpedoes. Close air lock. Close air lock. Submerge to seven inches. Seven inches. Dive, dive, dive. Right, up periscope. Up periscope. Can you see him? Now. Oh, what on earth that? This could be dangerous. That's all right, son. Good lad. Right.
that again continues its survey of the forces with a look at the British Army. Look, the British Army! Where? Good heavens, he was there a moment ago. I'm terrified. Yes, let us pay our respects to the service that really matters. The Air Force has given us the freedom of the air, and the Navy has given us the freedom of the sea. Uh, which is great if you're a bird or a fish. Uh, but not many of our listeners are. Uh, but to those who are, tweet, tweet, and gulp, gulp. <laughs> Nevertheless, it is the army that has given us the freedom of the land. Get out of my ready cornfield, you bleeper murder! <laughs> Why is an army necessary? Well, it was one of man's first instincts to form an army. Hey, I killed that pterodactyl. It's mine. No, it isn't. It's mine. Fire, fire, fire. Hit you my club. You couldn't. You're smaller than I am. Then I'll get my brother to hit you. My brother's bigger than yours. Mm, but he's not as big as my aunties. Oh. <laughs> and so the first armies were formed. To start with, they were very small, like Billardi. But they grew and grew until they became a menace to society, like Billardi. <laughs> and the greatest army of all... And I can say this with complete prejudice, was the British Army. Yeah, 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 yeah. It started well with our first great general, Bodicea. Follow me into battle, men. Why? Because I'm the queen. Now he tells us. <laughs> Bodicea was the first and last of our women generals, which means that the only parts that Joe Kendall will get from now on will be drummer boys and loose women. Wellington was a woman. No, he wasn't. Oh, well, it was worth a try. I could be a rack. You are a rack. No, I'm not. I'm just a bit tired, that's all. <laughs> British generals have always been noted for their ingenuity. Bodicea's army was faced with overwhelming odds. And odds are difficult to fight at the best of times. I mean, they're so big and hairy with nasty buck teeth. But Bodicea had a plan up her sleeve, which he took out and read. Tie knives to the chariot wheels and we'll cut the enemy to pieces. And from that moment on, armies began to fight with small arms. <laughs> and tiny little legs. <laughs> to be honest, not all our ingenious plans were successful. Ancient Britons! Yes? The Romans is coming. Oh, no. But I've got an idea. Yes? We'll paint ourselves blue. With woad. Exactly, woad. And when the Romans see us, they'll be scared out of their wits and run for their lives. And so, with devilish cunning, they painted themselves blue and waited for Caesar. Chenty Bitoni, push off. Which, roughly translated, means... Get out of the world! <laughs> Get out of the world! And this is just what they did. British military history gets a little vague around here, with the Dark Ages and all that, so uh, I'd like to make a little jump. And here I am in 1066. The battle of goat nursery under the willows. I didn't touch her constable. Why not bring back Dick Barton, the penny is too big a coin, by Hastings Town? Or the Battle of Hastings, as it's now vulgarly known. The, the Battle of Hastings. Vulgarly. <laughs> <laughs> king Harold produced a splendid army. Previous British armies had been weak under weak kings, especially Harold's predecessor. I did it. I, I admit it. I killed him. It wasn't a butler. It was me, Perry. I did it. I didn't like the way he looked at my knees. So I ate his goldfish. Do you hear me? I, I, I couldn't stand the way he looked at my knees. Who was that? Edward the Confessor. Was a good general with an eye for a good battle position, which was just his trouble. He was defeated gloriously. Doesn't sound very glorious to me. Oh, yes, yes. Britain is always most glorious in defeat. British boxer in glorious defeat. Read all about a courageous way he battled on against the world champion. With blood in his eyes and the Union Jack imprisoned on his heart, our plucky lad staggered on until even he had to admit defeat after 30 grueling seconds the way in. 
Come on, did we ever win anything? Well, we did, but uh, I think it would be best if we skipped the odd hundred years. Why? Well, it's a bit embarrassing, you see. Uh, a lot of Scots and Welsh listen to this programme, and uh, the sort of thing they don't want to listen to is how Edward I thumped the living daylights out of them. <laughs> I think we'd better hurry on to Edward III, who successfully whopped the frogs, or French, as our frog listeners prefer to be called. <laughs> Edward III was a woman. No, he was not. Did he have a wife? Yes. Then I'm his wife. She was dumb. Oh. <laughs> as I was saying, before I was so rudely interrupted by Edward III's dumb wife, we whopped the frogs. The French army was very aristocratic. But the British army was rather plebeian, like you and me. Or like you, anyway. Once more onto the beach, dear friend. What are you doing, Joe? I'm Henry V, winning at Ashenkorn. Henry V was not a woman. Yes, he was. I read it. Where? Somewhere. Oh, all right, he was a woman. But it's once more onto the breach, not beach. Well, I thought of that, but no woman in her right mind is going to say once more onto the breach, dear friends. <laughs> She's much more likely to say, let's have a nice little picnic on the beach, dear. I'll pack a few sandwiches. Go away. But fortunately, Henry was only joking. And he, or rather she, and her men went into the breach with a will. Hurry up, Will. I'm sorry, I'm having trouble with my breach. Yes. <laughs> it was a magnificent victory. We now come to the Napoleonic Wars. Wait a minute, you've left out lots. What about the Wars of the Roses? They're boring. And what about Oliver Cromwell? What about Oliver Cromwell? He created Britain's first standing army. It's very important. The army stood and Cromwell rode. Not to mention Earl's Court. No, but right. not to mention it at all. No, no, no. Right. straight to the Napoleonic Wars. <laughs> Napoleon, I can see a thin red line. What can it be? Oh, that. That is lipstick. That's strange, strange. Ah, I distinctly heard you say, not an eye, Josephine. Then you're distinctly heard wrong. What I said was, not an eye, Josephine. Let's make it about Tita. <laughs> Good look. Good look, look, look. Look, there is another thin red line. Another thin red line. It must be the British. Good morning, gentlemen. Zut Allah, the Duke of Wellington to boot. The same. <laughs> Excuse me mentioning this, Napoleon, but your hat's on crooked. I think, Wellington, you are mastacan. It is your hat that is on crooked. Uh, is it? I know it should be different than Nelson's, but I can never remember what it is. Tell me, Wellington, <laughs> which, which hand you prefer to stick into your jacket? Uh, the one you don't, and I always forget which that one is, too. It I... is the right, or is it the left? I forget. But now it is time to fight, and may the best man win. And that's exactly what happened. The Englishman won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Soon, war was no longer a gentlemanly game. Endless days in the muddy, rat-infested trenches were relieved only by the colourful Cockney humour of the private soldiers. Go, blimey, what a lark. Swipe me, eh? They go, blimey, jelly deals. Listen here. Listen here. I've got a secret weapon and a mile in road at home, haven't I, eh? Them Germans got their eyes on that. They'd assume shifting, wouldn't it, eh? What's that, then, mate? Kiss me, fly me, mother-in-law. Now, man, we've been in this trench for two years. And I, for one, am sick of it. The trench, huh? No, the colourful cockney humour. Well, you have to laugh. No, you don't. Now, man, what we need is a brave young officer to lead us over the top. I'll do it, sir. Splendid, Lieutenant. After all, I've got nothing to lose, sir. Well, we'll just have to take your word for that, Lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> and over the top they went, through the mud and over the barbed wire. Ah! You were wrong, Lieutenant. Yes, sir. <laughs> The war took a turn for the better. A few tanks and a few Americans, and it was all over. The Second World War came and went, and then... Well, hang on a minute. You can't just skip the Second World War like that. Oh, can't I? Of course you can't. It's so complicated. Well, simplify it, then. Oh, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, John Cleese will now do his well-known impersonation of the Second World War. Will I? Yes. All right, then. 
village man, we will fight them on the beaches. <laughs> I think he got me, sir. Well, we always get beaten. Say, bud, can we help your late? <laughs> British is fine, we surrender. Ah, saw, but we don't. <laughs> ah, saw, now we don't. Trade us for that money. <laughs> the present time, it has been said that the British soldier has become soft. Coral! Grow your out! Yes! Yes, sir! Thank you. What do you think these are? They're stripes, Sergeant! How do you think I got them? I would like to say, sir. Squad! Squad! Wait for it! I can't, I can't! <laughs> that as it may, let us not end our survey on the decline of the British Army, but remember with gratitude the glories of the past by singing that wonderful old marching song, the British Grenadiers. Some talk of Alexander and some of Hercules, of Hector and Lysander, and such great names as Cleese, Lord of Prune brings to an end another edition of Rolling About at Chatsworth, which was written this week by Timbrook Taylor, Graham Garden, and Bill Oddy. If you thought you heard voices, they were probably those of Timbrook Taylor, John Cleese, David Hatch, Joe Kendall, and Bill Oddy. Bill Oddy wrote the witty ditties, Leon Cohen the deranged arrangements, and Dave Lee and his group played the music. Schmoozic. I'm sorry I'll read that again was produced by Humphrey Barclay unbelievably well. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Unbelievably. Well, that's it until next week. When John Otto Cleese will murmur... Oh, no, it's the Wonder Show! You don't! I'm a For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.